Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome into the Insiders on this beautiful Friday. I am James Ham. Of course, Kyle Madsen is on vacation so we have brought in one of my Kingsby partners, Mr. Sean Cunningham of Fox 40. Sean, how are you? I'm great, James. Good to see you, Jesse. It's great to be back in these palatial studios. This is this is so much nicer than what I had to rock with back in the day this in my is, radio days. This is an incredible studio. Oh, like, man. Yeah, just like the whole thing. Even just our little rooms, are they're off the chart, but the building itself is just massive and and you get to see some old friends. You walk in, Sean, you know, like radio people, I think, stay in radio, a oh, lot yeah. of radio people. So, you know, you got Rich Ripley outside. You saw Justin Case. He just walked by. He's a lot grayer. He's a lot grayer. <laughs> well, I think he's approaching 40 years in the market. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, let's start today with this this horrific thing that happened to James last night. Uh-oh. We so, started out of downy. We're starting out on a downer. This is a Friday, James. It, it's a Friday, but we're starting out on Friday. Feel good. The worst bad beat of all time. The oh. worst bad beat. Of oh, all I know time. where we're going. Yeah. So the Sacramento Kings beat the Golden State Warriors last night, one thirty three, uh, one thirty four to one thirty three. Hidden within this is that James does prize picks. It's it's it's, it's something that I do. We're they're a sponsor of the Kings Beat podcast. So they have this new thing where uh, you can choose some selections that are a little more difficult to to actually hit on, right? As if you needed things to be more challenging when it came to yes. picking in with price yes. picks. Yes. So, of course, I I do not need to make things more difficult because I realistically am really bad at price picks, right? But last night, I just happened to, like, it was brilliance. Like, I knew early on, oh, man, I got it, right? And uh, so... We get to game. I've already hit Steph Curry plus uh, with more than five and a half rebounds. Uh, I've already hit Kevin Herter with more than a half three points, the three pointers. Uh, I just go with Keegan Murray dunks. Still set at point five. He had two. He had at least one. I I took the most bold prediction of all time, which was Harrison Barnes with more than three and a half rebounds. Ooh. He grabs that rebound after the, the ball slips out of Kaminga's hand. They give him a rebound. I get my four rebounds. I've gone to Sabonis, made three-pointers. He has two. Sean, it's all lined up. It's perfect. I have De'Aaron Fox, more than 29.5. He gets fouled in the lane. They don't send him to the free-throw line. At the last set, Harris Martins grabs that rebound. He throws it to Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter throws it to... De'Aaron Fox, where he would be fouled and sent to the free throw line. No, they fouled Herder first. Mm. It's the worst bad beat. I lose .5, and on a $20 entry. Would have netted. Would have netted. (laughs) Hold on your hats. Because it was a very difficult selection, (laughs) $2,000. Oh, jeez. You know, uh, I think there's a lesson here, and there might be a hotline for you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just think, buddy. Sometimes, uh, m- maybe you just make your picks and and just not pay attention. Yeah, ever again. That, that's I, I just don't know. Like, that's, that's wait the, until the end of the season and see if I have any money left. Yeah, just walk away. <laughs> that's because, a good idea. You don't get disappointed doing that. You just come back like, oh wow, oh, there's look, money here. Yeah, look what I did. Oh, I found money. Oh, I made a you know whatever. And it's like you put your picks, you walk away. You don't you don't know what happens. Yeah, just, I, I still won two hundred bucks, which is perfectly fine. But that that was like an eighteen hundred dollar swing for point five of a point. <laughs> you swing for the fences, bro. <laughs> I do. I always swing for the fences because I don't care. It's just well, clearly fun. that's not for the me. Case. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you 
That's, that's a bad beat, Sean. Everyone knew to leave you alone probably last night. Your dog slept in another room. They probably went out to uh, one of your many boats and just chilled yeah. out there. I actually, I had to call the wife in. I'm like, all right, I don't want to make you upset, but let me show you what just happened. Uh, she was not. She was like, all right, whatever. Um, Sean, uh, it was a good game. That You know, again, <laughs> I think that that was probably the best the most entertaining Kings game of the season by my book. Really? 134-133. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly up there. And, and and to me, I think the biggest takeaway is I know they were making a big deal about being able to win in the regular season in that building dating back to 2020. But it's like, do y'all remember game six? I mean, that was that was an incredible uh, mm-hmm. performance where they really put their foot down in that playoff series to force the game seven. But uh, I don't know if I, I – I don't think I thought about it quite in those terms in terms of like the best game of the season, but – I think it happens at a time that you really needed it, um, for sure. I mean, you, the, the four-game losing skid was just in the rearview mirror. You've had games that you haven't been able to close out, and they've certainly taken a, a toll on this team. Yep. And then you do it in a way where Harrison Barnes goes back-to-back 30s and goes a career high against his former team, and um, you're on the very beginning of a season-long seven-game road trip. And uh, so I can see all the all the things that, that fall in line in terms of this being the the right game at the right time against the big brother that's kind of owned you a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I could look at it that way. It was certainly a thrilling game, but you know what? I think, what, the last three games have all been decided by one point? That's crazy. No, it is crazy, but this is what the Kings needed. They needed games like this to learn how to win and to really keep focused. And uh, let's be honest, Kevin Herter almost, like, he cost— He, he cost, almost wet the bed? Oh, my goodness. Missing two free throws in the final seconds, it just felt like, oh, no, this can't happen again. Uh, but I, I love that it also was very true to form, like because free throws have plagued this team, and even games where they, you know, shoot well from the free throw line, they can still have that type of moment where it's like, oh no! But all of a sudden, then you see him on the defensive end helping to helping De'Aaron Fox blitz Steph Curry, and and say this guy is not going to beat us, and they use defense, James. They use defense two or three times down the stretch, yeah, to close that out for a team that's absolutely dreck when it comes to on the defensive end. So they are, but I think everybody is is dreck on the defensive end this year. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later. We had the All Star starters announced yesterday. Uh, the East we have Halliburton, Lillard, Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid. Uh, no surprises by any of that in the uh, West. I got a little one. You got one. Lillard was a little surprised. I thought Donovan Mitchell would. He would have had my vote. Okay, but and I know a lot of people were th- you know throwing Jalen Brunson. Look, all three were going to be all stars, so it didn't matter who was going to start. But I was a little surprised to see Lillard start. Okay, and I think uh, they said something like there was the fan vote tilted it one way by not much. Um, like they they talked about yeah. like the numbers uh, in the West. We got Luca, we got SGA, uh, we've got Kevin Durant, we've got LeBron making his twentieth All Star appearance, which is crazy, and of course Nikola Jokic again. I think true to form, maybe maybe Steph Curry should have been in there, but these right now are some of the best five players. You say Curry, I say Koi Leonard, and I don't know who he— okay. I mean, look, fan vote is so huge, so Katie and LeBron are going to probably beat out Kawhi in that regard, but mm-hmm. all three will be all-stars. So. Well, I guess if you don't ta- take half of, uh, like, four seasons off, then, <laughs> right. then maybe it, people would think differently. Maybe they would know who you are. Mm. I mean, no one can say his name anyways. Uh, we'll get to all-star snubs and stuff like that later. Uh, we we really can't talk about snubs right now because Why? the reserves haven't happened. Oh. Yeah, once the reserves happen, then it's like it's on. So right? when we make our reserves later in the show and yeah. we fight about them, does that make it put in stone? Those will be the reserves? No. no. Coaches no. get to decide. Coaches get to decide. Do you trust the coaches when it comes to all-star votes? I don't know. But, and who is the coach? Well, for example, like let's if you were to have a discussion about like somebody like James Harden, obviously the Clippers are doing very well. James Harden doesn't necessarily have the numbers, but let's say let's say from a scoring standpoint, he was averaging ten points a game more, so he was more in the Devin Booker camp. Devin yeah. Booker, who got snubbed last year, will the coaches reward him? But but coaches tend to reward winning, and I don't know that coaches love James Harden. So hmm. it's going to be interesting, George, especially uh, you, well, you got Paul George. I mean, you you have the De'Aaron Fox and Demonte Sabonis. Debate. There's there's a lot that can go on there. Um, the, we also have this this weird. I mean, the way they're framing this is that the Falcons passed on Bill Belichick and hired hired Raheem Morris yesterday. I, I don't know that that just seems weird to say that you passed on Bill Belichick. Yeah, that is a little weird. But I mean, maybe it's how it happened. Seventy year olds on the sidelines. I mean, I yeah, don't know. I well, can that, understand. I think he wanted control. He wanted more player personnel control, and and the guy who was doing the hiring process 
was the guy who has player personnel control and like, eh, I don't think I want to give all that up to you. Yeah. Especially since you don't have a great track record over the last couple of years. Um, and then let's the last thing um, that we have here is uh, this is a dark day in the NBA. Uh, this is the fourth anniversary of the passing of Kobe and Gianna Bryant uh, in a helicopter helicopter accident in Calabasas, California. Uh, they were, you know, two of of nine total passengers and crew uh, that perished that day. It's a bad day. It's it's not. Uh, it's one of those days that I think every year that it comes around, it sticks in your mind. It's one of those things for us. It's where were you when? Right. And I, I think that that's how I, I'll always look at it. Like, like calling Doug and Doug is on the team bus going to, I think it was Minnesota. Uh, they were in Minnesota heading to the arena. And like one of the first things Doug said, well, because the initial reports were that it was just Kobe by himself. Well, Kobe with some other people. He said, well, at least none of his girls were with him. And then the reports come out. It was just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, but Sean, I, I know, you know, you're a Kobe guy too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so much, so much interaction over the years, Kings and Lakers, and of course, um, USA Basketball. You know, he was coming off of not long ago where he had made his return to USA Basketball, and uh, just interesting. Even, even when he, even if he didn't play for USA Basketball and just showed up, you could just see like all the NBA players gravitate toward him, as if, I mean, he hadn't, he, he played just recently. It wasn't like he's Bill Russell, where everyone has to gravitate toward him to to just pay respects. It's like no, they all idolize and worship the guy. Yeah, and for me, it was. It was particularly striking because everyone remembers, but I was, I mean, where they were, I was heading to Miami, literally about to get on a plane an hour later uh, to to cover the 49ers in the Super Bowl uh, mm. against the Chiefs that year. So uh, 12 days in Miami, and it was kind of this this hovered over, over the entire national landscape for, for so long, and it was a topic all over Miami for Super Bowl. Uh, I went to concerts later that the next, the very next weekend, not even seven days after, and he's being honored by like Maroon Five and Adam Levine, who's like a huge Laker fan. He comes mm-hmm. out and he's holding a Kobe jersey and wearing a Kobe jersey. So uh, it, it definitely resonated the entire time you were you were out there. And for me, it was like you had all the media, all the attention, and it was nonstop Kobe talk as it as it should have been. Yeah, uh, definitely a dark day. So. Um, uh... We'll be back. We're we're gonna t- step aside when we when we come back. We're gonna shift gears. We're gonna go back to basketball. We're gonna do six quick thoughts. Uh, Sean will sit here and and making fun of my six quick thoughts. Oh yeah, and making fun of me losing in prize picks. And uh, we're the insiders. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN thirteen twenty. See you in a few minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James. Sean Cunningham from Fox 40 is joining me today. What up? Getting to know the chatty house pretty well. This is great. You're just hanging out with the chatty house. Well, it's fun because you get to actually see some, uh, like for the King's Beat, you get to see uh, some of the Same familiar people. names, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great. But there's a lot of new ones too. And uh, 
they're very welcoming. We haven't done a live show in a while, Sean. So, you know, the the live show right. is spectacular when we do live shows with the King's Beat, except for uh, DB gets a little weird with Sean every time. I have an admirer. <laughs> Sean does. Yeah. He does yeah. have an admirer, and, and, and it gets a little awkward. DB is, to me, what I am. Oh. Although I'm not that weird, so that's a little different. But you are the man who saved uh, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Saved Vegas. her. Single-handedly saved Paris Hilton's life. It's a great story. Yeah. And now she's she's had a child. And, and a book. And yeah. she's doing her music again. She's doing well. If, if not for me, none of that would have happened. So none of it would have ever happened. You're welcome, humanity. Jesse, I think we're ready to do six quick thoughts. Do okay. we have key the intro? How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings eh, insider bad. James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick. Sean. Okay. We got to go through six quick thoughts. Feel free to chime in as soon as, well, at any time. Uh, fly, Falcon, fly. That's the, the number one thought. Justin Barnes dropped 32 points, uh, and the Kings went over the Hawks on Monday, and he carried that over into this game. He was crazy, man. 39 points, 20 of them came in the first half, and uh, that those 39 points are his career high. How about that? Not really expected. Not really. I didn't expect him to have 20 shot taken the, in in the Monday my uh, win over the Hawks, and he carried that into the Warriors game. Uh, a little bit of adjustments going on. Mike Brown saying he never really runs plays for Harrison. I guarantee you he was running plays for Harrison yesterday. Yeah, he's uh, figured out that running plays for Harrison might equate to wins. Yeah. And getting into the free throw line more than anything. I mean, you need a stabilizing force at the free throw line because this team sucks at it. Oh, yeah. Harrison can be that guy. And also, because there's a lot of people on social media last night kind of apologizing to Harrison Barnes, I noticed. You know, I, I feel bad. Somebody because... put together like a permission slip. Like you had to check the box of like what you were actually apologizing to Harrison Barnes for. Okay. that You wow. know, they need to because, you know, we kept saying it like throughout the year. It's not that he's gone away. His All of his offensive numbers look the same, except for his rebounding number, which has just been atrocious. Right. But the offensive numbers specifically, he's still shooting 48-point-something percent from the field. He's still shooting 40% from three. It was just the volume of shots, and not only the volume of shots, but the usage rate, like, plummeted. And sure enough, you give him the ball, you give him an opportunity— and he still looks like the same player. We're, we're going to have a longer discussion about this here in the next segment. So in honor of Harrison Barnes and his career night, James has to do his best Hassan Whiteside impression of the Black Falcon. Caw-caw! There you go. There it is. <laughs> and, and you know what? For that matter, we'll, we'll just do this right now. Uh, it's clear. The Jiffy Lou player of the game. Uh, we do Jiffy Lou player of the game after every single Kings game. You are uh, you, you go to ESPN1320.com. There's a giant Jiffy Lube logo on the middle of the screen. Click on that. Today's password is Black Falcon. Ooh. You can also just put in Falcon, but Black Falcon <laughs> is uh, is what our Jiffy Lube player of the game. It is, of course, Harrison Barnes. Um, I'd also point out, like, go right now, put your name in. You're, you're putting your name in for a $100 gift certificate to Jiffy Lube with the possibility of winning. And on top of that, we are now giving away a Sacramento Kings jersey one a month for the next four months. And that will be chosen out of the, the people who win the $100 gift certificate. So go in right now and put your name in the hat uh, because you can not only have the possibility of winning a $100 gift certificate, gift certificate, but also a Sacramento Kings jersey. Um, next key, there he is. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has struggled lately, but he looked like himself. Posted 29 points, five assists in front of Grant Hill and Steve Kerr, who both are the Team USA guys. He was one of 41 invitees for a spot on the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. Uh, he will be vying for that spot this summer. Sean, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, how about those walk-up threes? I mean, just the confidence to just walk mm. up and chuck and... And, and he needed him. I mean, he only, he went three of seven from the beyond the arc. But more importantly, I thought he it was a calming force. I mean, we've seen these this team where Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox struggle to shoot and struggle to impact the game. Uh, obviously, Domas on the boards typically is right there. He had a 20, 20 rebound game the other night. Um, you know, thirteen assists last night. He, both those guys, you know, for what they are, they usually have to rely on them so often. And you got to see it. At first, I didn't think you were going to see that game from Fox uh, just because of how 
well Harrison Barnes had at Roland. But, uh, yeah, absolutely great to see him, great to see that smile, great to see those guys kind of roll again and really bring back that offense because <laughs> for a team that lives and dies by the three, man, they were letting it fly. I agree. Uh, let's get to number three, um, bully ball. Sabonis has had his struggles against Warriors, but not in this game. Uh, he hit the glass. He set up his teammates. He finished with 18 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists. That's his 26th straight double-double, which moves him into second place in franchise history. He's three away from tying Oscar Robertson's record of 29. Impressive. I'm betting on it. That's a prize pick. Oh. That's one that won't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, and you know what? I feel like he really needed it. We talk about just the weight that some of these games against Golden State have. Mm-hmm. I mean, Demonis Sabonis needed a game like that, man. Like, he just needed to have a moment against Kevon Looney and Draymond Green because these guys really make life difficult for him and just his style of play. So, uh, yeah, they took kept him off the boards a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who would have thought Kevin Herter would have led your team in, in rebounding? So good for you, Kevin Herter. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Domas needed this. I thought he was, you know, 8 of 11 from the floor. Uh, he got everybody involved, and he was able to – Stay on the floor. I mean, he had five fouls. That was the only thing that was plaguing him. Some of, some of them coming on the offensive end. We've seen that quite a bit this season. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, good for him. He needed it. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I think the other big thing that we saw from Domas, two of two from the three-point line, but also he had like one or two other mid-range jump shots. And if the Warriors are going to back away and not defend you, then that's what he's got to do. Um, let's get to point number four. Uh, showed out. Davion Mitchell has been out of the rotation, but Mike Brown gave him another look. Uh, he went 3 of 5 from the field. No, 3 of 5 from long range. Uh, 10 points, 4 assists. His defense is always solid, but if he can score at all, it adds another element which may, in fact, let him play the game. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's always on the floor because of his defense. Obviously not the biggest guy, but for him to have the confidence to take those shots uh, and 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 just drain them. I mean, he was like 3 straight at one point from beyond the arc, and they— you know, everybody was hitting threes last night, but he's also so disruptive defensively. I don't care how big he is. And you, and you hear it from Mike Brown, like in recent, you know, scrums, practice, shoot arounds where it's like, I don't know if what the moment was, but he was, Mike Brown felt like, no, he's back in the rotation. He's playing well. I need to leave him alone. And I get the sense that at least for the foreseeable future, that that's how it's going to be until they get maybe a better option there. Yeah. I think that, you know, the better option thing is still there. Sure. But uh, for not right, on this, not on this team, though. No, no, yeah. no. For right now, I, I mean, I think this is this is where you got to go until we get through February eighth. Yeah. Um, let's get to number five. Quality game over his last five games. Kevin Herter has started to return to form. He's hitting his three point shot, finding other ways to impact the game. He hit the glass. He finished with thirteen points, ten rebounds, uh, four assists. Actually, I'm wrong. He finished with twelve points, uh, ten rebounds, four assists, and also three steals. Man, he's figuring out a way to to impact the game. If they would have lost this game because Kevin Herter missed two free throws, I would have felt really bad for him because, you know, clearly he doesn't want to miss free throws, but also he had played a really good game, an all-around game. Some of the passing, the lob that he threw to Malik Monk was incredible. Mm-hmm. The uh, the the basket that, uh, the play they ran where he caught the inbounds ball and bounced it to Sabonis for the dunk to take the lead back, that was huge. Just all around a really good, solid game for uh, for Kevin Herter. Yeah, and Domas kind of jokes about it. It's like it's a full-time job keeping Kevin Herter's uh, confidence up. A, a confident Kevin Herter is exactly what you want. Yeah. And th- we've seen it. We've seen him go through his his lulls, and, and, and you can see it's affected him. But – uh, if they anything that he's 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 impacting the game in other ways, and we've talked about it before, James. Like if he's not hitting his shots, oftentimes he's worthless on the floor. He's finding ways to still remain relevant, even if his shots not falling. I think he, now he's got a shot coming back. He knows he can impact the game in other ways, and he's got the confidence of his team, which therein gives him confidence as well. I mean, Domas has all the confidence in the world of him. Yeah, I, I think this is just one of those things. Like there are players that go through lulls, and you gotta. Find a way to stay the course. Some of them need that that extra little boost that a that a teammate can give them or that a coach can give them. Uh, let's get to point number six, which figured it out. Uh, Keegan Murray struggled with his long range shot, starting one for six. He hit one in the fourth. He started to go really aggressive offensively in the fourth. Not only did he hit a three, but then um, he got to the free throw line and ended up hitting a pair of free throws. He finished with fourteen point six rebounds, but he also defended Steph Curry. And that's a big ask. And I think he's been uh, – that's been something that the Kings have relied on throughout the, the season for him to defend the toughest guy. But I think he is sort of figuring out how to how to be impactful on both ends of the court. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean just 
they almost like go up to him and shaking baby syndrome him. And it's like, hey, we need you now. Yes. Don't, I don't care if you start off what you started off for. We need you. You've got a size advantage. Um, you can you can use your length and. Good for him, man. He hit the boards. It was six boards. I mean, sometimes we haven't seen that many from guys like him and Harrison Barnes, and they needed every one of them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of trickled over from the Atlanta game for sure, and it's a nice start for the road trip for this team. Yeah, and I'd also point out that, you know, I think a lot of people thought Wiggins will have a huge game or, or you know, Steph Curry. Steph Curry had a good game, 33 points. It took him 26 shots to get to 33 points. That that means that you did a good job. It Absolutely. does. It does. It means you did a good job. All right. We're going to step aside when we come back. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, this Harrison Barnes situation because it sure does look like he's trying to make his case to stay with the Sacramento Kings be, and, and not be part of the trade deadline bloodletting that I think a lot of fans want. So we're going to hit that after the break. I am James Ham. He is Sean Cunningham from Fox 40. We are the insiders today on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I am James. Joining me, Fox 40's Sean Cunningham. Hi, James. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sam. <laughs> uh, he's uh, only listening on YouTube, so... That's okay. Yeah. Uh, hey, it still counts, right? It, it you get credit still count. for it. It does still, it does still count. So uh, shout out to our friend, uh, Mr. Amick, who may or may not be uh, watching us on YouTube today. So it's always good to see, right? I Yes. I like when my friends tune in. They can tell me all the stuff behind the scenes that... I can't, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say everything that I can't say. And it's okay. always funny. Yeah. They can also like tell you what's happening behind you when people walk by yes. and stuff because we can't see and how handsome I look. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Sean, I think this, it's really interesting what's happening here. Everybody knows that one of the ways for the Sacramento Kings to try to improve their roster is to trade Harrison Barnes. And I, it's not a secret I'm sure that at some point the Sacramento Kings have sat down with Harrison Barnes and explained to him, like, look, it, it's not about you. It's about the fact that we're trying to take this other leap. You're you're not of the same age group of the rest of these guys. You're 31 years old. Most of our team is between, like, 24 and 26. Um, and, and do you think that factors much into it? What do you mean? Like, the age the age group? Because I've, I've asked myself that quite times, and I float that out there to sort of talk to, and I get a little bit of pushback there because – I still think there's a lot of people that think that's still a prime, uh, depending on the player, is still a prime age. But no, I think um, I think like look yeah. at Paul George right now. You know, like if, if I think everybody would think, oh, if the Kings had Paul George, that would be an upgrade over Harrison Barnes, and he's what 33. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think for every player, it's different. Sure. And and I think for me, I, I've always Harrison would be a guy who did not fade nearly as quick because he is a guy who who treats his body the right way, right. who who makes sure that he's doing all the maintenance that you need to do. I think with this team, because he is the veteran, he's kind of been phased out to a certain degree, and he's been put on the shelf. Even though he's in the starting lineup, he's been asked to do less and less and less. And, you know, I I think Harrison made some comments after the game where he tried to explain that, like, while it might look like he's doing less, he is actually doing a lot of the dirty work. He's doing some of the unsung stuff, you know, just because... He's not getting a pass thrown to him while he's making a cut. Doesn't mean that his cut isn't impactful, and that it doesn't have meaning, and that it doesn't help his teammates. Uh, you know, just because he isn't hitting a bunch of three point shots doesn't mean he can't. It just means he's not getting those opportunities. And I think it's kind of interesting, but at the same time, he is a chip that you can use. It's about as much as Harrison Barnes is a solid veteran who's been on your team for a long time. He's also a $17 million, $18 million, $19 million player that can be used to acquire another player. And so it's kind of the reality of the situation. If you're looking at $30 million players, there's only a couple of ways to to get up to a $30 million player's salary. And so Harrison's name is going to come up in that situation no matter what. Uh, Just like Kevin Herter's name comes up in that situation because he's kind of in the same tax bracket. And then one of them is 25 years old and one of them is 31. So while I don't think Harrison is washed up, I, I do think that like he has been phased out throughout the season. And then all of a sudden he goes from getting two shots to 22 games in a row. And he shows everybody out there, including the Golden State Warriors, almost in like a defiant way that like, you know, yes, I can still play ball. I'm capable. 
Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's just it. Like the the role he plays on this team would be different than a lot of other teams in the league. They would ask him to be a scoring threat still, mm-hmm. not just being a decoy, a guy who draws people to the perimeter because you can't leave him. He's still a bucket if he chooses to do it. And you've seen this kind of refresh some people's memory as to what Harrison Barnes is capable of. And on it just so happens that on this Kings team, he is a guy who is still a sixth, maybe seventh scoring option on this team. Yeah. So him playing the role of, I can go out there and win you a game if I need to, but I'm also the, you know, draw, you know, stretch the floor, set the good pick, make a cut, play some rather decent team defense. On ball defense is obviously pretty shoddy at times. Uh, and if and if it's he can, okay. I mean, if, he's limited with his yeah. length and athleticism. But I mean, he's on the perimeter so much. So like people who want to see him rebound, myself included, that's really difficult. And let oh by the way, and we talked about it in our last podcast. How hard is it to rebound when you've got a guy like Demonis Sabonis on the floor? Yeah, no, I think all of these things play into it. But I also think that throughout this season, um, I think Harrison made the mistake of allowing himself to be phased out and allowing himself to. Like, I, I think he's trying to be a good teammate. He's he's trying to understand, like, how it is that he takes a step back so other people can take a step forward. And I, I think he may have taken it too far. Like, when you start getting into this, like, sort of flow, right, of, okay, I, I need to do this and this and this, but I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to be too much of a distraction. I don't – I think sometimes you can lose yourself. And over the last couple of games, I think his – him showing that he can be this player, like, that's fine. Sure. Right? But you can't do it for two days in a in the month of January. And, and not only that, you're not going to – if you're look, if you're evaluating this team, you're not fooled by two games like this. And, look, the, the reality is, is it's still a, an area of need on this team. If you have Keegan Murray and Keegan Murray is going to be who you think he should be and could be, then the upgradable position is to upgrade – you need an upgraded – version of Harrison Barnes and maybe that's a rim protector maybe that's more of a rebounding presence uh still has to be able to stretch the floor but if they're going to be this team that is constructed the way that it is you know there's not unless unless Harrison just all of a sudden flips a switch and says I have to be this guy forcefully on the offensive end and maybe that's the best recipe for success then I'd kind of like to see that see what that looks like but it's going to come at the expense of somebody I mean look you're putting up 126 points. I always tell you, and I, I also do it in a very profane way, that scoring does not matter on this team. They no. score. So they have no problem scoring. It's other areas of the game that need to be impacted. So, you know, in years past when Harrison Barnes was on this team, I was screaming, like, you got to take more than 10 shots. you got to take more than nine shots. you got to be a guy who scores. They don't need that anymore. No. So if they're able to upgrade that position, I think that's a good thing for the, for the well-being of this team and the success of this team going forward. But also – when they're asking, when he plays that way, more times than not, they win. Yeah, but I, I think it's always situational because I think yeah. when Kevin Herter scores thirty points, they win. Sure, you know when Malik Monk scores when he, when 30 he scores points, when he scores sixteen points, they win. Yeah, fifteen I, points, they win. It's it's wild. No, that's true. But you could also say like when Malik Monk scores, they win. You know, like there's all of these players when when Trey Lyles has a big game, they always win. Yeah. So this team does have like this ability for different guys to take turns like having those big nights. But what I think that uh, like the Harrison Barnes at this point, like you don't need 30, 39 points. You don't need 32. But what you do need is you need, you need 14 or 15 or 16. Like he can't have, you know, sort of the old Billy Owens thing. One night he has 20 rebounds the next night he has two. And he would tell you, well, I average 11 rebounds a game, but that's not, it's like, okay. One but, of the most frustrating players ever if you're a Kings fan. Bill yeah, Jones. exactly. And I think with Harrison, we've, we've got to this point where he averages, you know, uh, where he'll score 20, but then he'll score two. And it's like, hey, man, I, I need you to get, like, closer to the middle every single game. Yeah. Like, if you're just at 12, well, 13, 14, 15, that, that is comfortable. Uh, even, even if he's getting to the middle, though, it's going to come at the expense of somebody else. And no. then they're going to start to look at someone like Trey Lyles if it comes at the expense of him. And they go, oh, but they need Trey Lyles. Like, not everyone can score 20. Not everyone can score 15. You no, don't have that true. balanced scoring. So if he's scoring, who does it come at the expense of? 
No, totally. I, I'm with you. And I mean, last night's game, Keegan Murray scored 14, but he still had 12 shots. The, the reason he scored 14 is because he went two of seven from from three. Kevin Herter scores 12, but again, four of 10. If he hits one more three, he's at 15 points. Um, you know, I, I think the if we look at Malik Monk, Malik Monk just had like a ridiculously bad game, which was going to be part of the six quick thoughts, but it, it just didn't make the cut. Well, that's the that's the one I always tell you, like. If he doesn't play well, they struggle to win. Yeah. He's the one guy like with a big beacon that, that when he's on, the game is just so much more fluid for this team. Yep. And, yeah, that was an anomaly because didn't even play 20 minutes. Well, and you can make the argument he didn't deserve half the minutes he no, got I get last you. night. Three, turn the ball over. I mean, it was. He just looked like out of out of sorts. And we've seen Malik go through this same sta- uh, right. like fade-out stage multiple times during his time in, in Sacramento. So uh, maybe he's just having a, like a slight downturn, but again, he's a good player. He's going to, he's going to rebound. He's going to be part of it, but and let's that's, get, and by the way, that's the example. Harrison Barnes scores 39 came, comes at the expense of Malik Monk scores four. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, Malik Monk scored four because <laughs> right. that that's who he was last right. night. I mean, like you could not have gotten much more out of Malik no. Monk, whatever the reason I, I'm not sure. Great foul though. <laughs> Over um, the top on Draymond. Oh Green. my goodness, that was like it was. It was scary because you're like, oh, that's it's not great. It, it was scary because you think someone might get hurt, but also this might escalate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't. It seemed like they they are okay with each other. Oh like, yeah. It seemed like he uh, like Malik even went over and the refs went over to separate. He's like, no, 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 no. We're good. That's not. I just want to make sure that everyone's okay here and everything else. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I I think for me it's it's really interesting because. I do think that Harrison is showing that how valuable he can be, but I, I think the one problem that he has, it's not even so much that he is who he is, it's that the Kings don't have the complementary piece to go alongside Harrison Barnes. And, you know, if you put a if you had two forwards like Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant can go defend the long athletic small forward that is you're up against, then I, I think Harrison Barnes looks a lot different than what he does today. Sure. But when you don't have that, it kind of exposes Harrison for who he is, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it, right? I, I do think that um, at this point, maybe they are showcasing him. Maybe they are just saying, hey, look. <laughs> well, he'd be showcasing himself in that regard Well, because he has to choose to be that guy. Yes. Right? And, and I don't know. I think there's been – I mean, and you can attest this too. I mean, you, you, you we're talking to Mike Brown at practices. During that four-game stretch, and they have three days off – well – three days in between games, two practices uh, before that Monday Hawks win. But it, it felt like there was some significant discussions and changes that were being made. We talked about Davion Mitchell a minute ago. Uh, I think it was a concerted effort to get Harrison more involved offensively. Yeah. And I think a big voice in that was came from Damana Sabonis, uh, particularly with the way the free throw struggles had been. Um, and, and even a game like last night where – you're seeing Mike Brown still go to a guy like Chris Duarte or Kessler Edwards at, at moments last night. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, it, it mainly, it, I think it did have an impact at various times. I thought it did kind of cre- create a little bit of uh, janky, a little bit of jinkiness in, in, in the way that they were attacking the Warriors. Um, certainly Kessler with his length and they weren't expecting that. You're still going to have those moments, but at the end of the day, I think he's really trying to tighten up his rotation and try to figure out, What's what's going to be the best foot forward for this team going forward? You know, it, it reminds me similarly to when they came out of the Houston losses, where all of a sudden, call it a team meeting, calling a look in the mirror. But Demonis Monis like, no, we got to change up this offense. We got to go back to what worked for us offensively. And I think you're seeing it in the last couple of games. Uh, I, I don't think it's a throwaway our defensive ideas altogether, but somehow trying to get back to that up tempo offense that was not only fast but efficient and was really your identity yeah um i also think that the mood of the team was a little weird for like a week or two well well i mean it it was weird i mean we know that there's like some of the guys weren't talking to the media and they're back but i also think that that created tension that didn't need to be there and that the you could see the tension on the court with some of these players and i think fox all of a sudden like snaps out of it and looks like Fox right. and Harrison Barnes, who again, just so people know Harrison Barnes hadn't really spoke to the media at all in a long, long time. Even he went for 32 the other night and didn't speak to the media afterwards. He did talk uh, at practice the next day, but these are things where 
you can you can tell some of the players like the anxiety of what might be coming the you know all of the things that play into trade deadline and and rumors and all that stuff maybe that gets under your skin just the overall you know tenor of this team this season has been a little weird and it feels like if they can just like let go and just be themselves they would be fine like this this team is still extremely talented it's still the same team it was last year they just aren't playing that way like there's too much weird tension in the room and and again I don't think it's because of a question that I asked or a tweet that you or other people put out it's not about that it's about just like there is an uneasy uneasiness about this team because of the big losses because of the way that they are a roller coaster ride and they understand that they might not have the the horses to get to the the finish line. Well, and as every player on that team will tell you when you ask when when that question is asked, like wh- what is different? You have the same identical record from last year and it feels different. You're getting blown out. You have moments, I mean, you guys look un- uneasy at times. You don't look like a together cohesive unit. Um you can say it's one of 82, but that gets old. The reality is it's because there's expectations on this team. Yeah. And last year it was like, "Oh, this is great because we've never we haven't seen this in decades." <laughs> and literally 16 years, almost 20 years. And now it's different. So uh, now it's, we've seen it. How do you get better? Now the expectations are higher. And that's, you know, we talk a lot on our Kings beat podcast. And that's why I always say it's like, this team could finish worse than third. Like they, they finished third last year, finish worse than third in the, in the West and still be better poised to make a deeper playoff run. And and I truly believe that. And especially, I mean, you have a trade deadline where that could change the makeup of this team and possibly the identity of this team. But even if not, like, you're going to bank on the continuity of this team going forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I would say this, too. Like, there, we get to the midway point in the season, right? And, and I think a lot of people think, oh, okay, you are who you are at, at 41 games in. And for the most part, I think a lot of teams that is true. But with this team in particular, the shift to try to bring Keegan Murray along and to phase, not not to totally phase out, but to ask veterans like like Harrison Barnes to like, hey, we're trying to get, in order for us to be a great team two, three years down the road, we need Keegan Murray to take this step and this step and this step. And so we're going to have to ask you guys to sacrifice a bit. And that means Kevin Herter, that means Barnes. Like you guys are going to have to take a step back while we run a lot more stuff again. And I know, like, you can say, well, you know, why did you take spend so much time doing it? It's like, because that's what development, development isn't just like a straight linear path to greatness. Like, it takes bumps and bruises. It takes, ste- uh, like, players taking a step back to take a step forward. And at the end of the day, the Kings have to do this in order for them to be really good down the road. They have to go through this, this painful task of bringing a, a development player along in order to be to be better, in order to improve their ceiling going forward. And so I think part of that is this. But then you get to a certain point in the season, it's like, okay, we did that for a while, and it and it's helping, and it's working, and everything's improving, but now it becomes the sprint to the finish line. Now we're at the midway point of the season, and it's time for us to go back to what works, go ask players that have taken a step back to take a major step forward again, and let's put this package together, but better Keegan Murray. And I, I think some of the times it doesn't feel good and doesn't look right, but I think that's what you have to do if you're a head coach who's not playing just for this year. You're playing to build a, a eight-year playoff run, not just a, a two-year playoff run or a one-year playoff run. You're trying to build something and establish something. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's not being spoken about enough is just look at the West. It's tough. Like being in the seventh seed right now in the West, you're six games out of first place, right? In the East, that's 11. So it's like, even with an identical record, like it's still for the taking. Yeah. You know, it, it, you're, you're not, you're not in something in, in like no man's land yet, you know? And then the separation, when you look at it, like six, New Orleans, five and a half, Phoenix at fifth, five and a half. I mean, it all jumbled up. You're it's, like a half game out of right. like fifth place. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's more where this team will probably end up, like fourth, fifth place in the end, if they can get right. But I also, there is this huge thing that's hanging over their head. What if they do make a move? What if they do change things up? What if it is on a seven-game road trip right in the middle of it and you don't have players for three of the games and you drop a bunch of games that you shouldn't have and all of a sudden you're in the mix for not the the four, five, six, but 
you're in the mix for the eight, nine, 10. And that doesn't feel good. Now you got to go through the play-in sequence. And like there, there is a lot riding on this. Well, and that it just shows you how fragile because the flip side is what if they win five straight? Oh, yeah. And then how different does, do people feel, you know, about where this team realistically is? And it's like, no, they, they, nothing really changed. They had a six-game win streak earlier in this year after dropping a bunch and some disappointing games. It's just, it's just where they are, you know. It's just the ebbs and flows of the season. It's like, no, you could still, you could go on a five-game win streak and still be sixth in the West, and yeah, and people might feel better about it. I mean, look at Utah. Utah jettisoned up after kind of being written off, and all of a sudden they're back into the playing picture again. Yeah, uh, and they've got a quality team. Maybe they, it changed who they are at the deadline. I don't think so, though. You you think they're still I think sellers? They're still gonna blow it up. Yeah. All right. We always Not blow it up, but it's like. There's there's just so many expendable pieces on that team that well they're buyers know. and sellers at the same time that's yeah. sort of the the thing that's out there and and that's different right like when you you're potentially selling off a bunch of veterans in order to get younger and to build something like it's not an easy path to take but they they have this weird timeline issue that they've got to figure out and so and they also have some young players that they really like uh, you know, Sean, we got to see Kessler Edwards, and when he stepped on the court last night, it was like, huh, I haven't seen number 17 on the court in a long time. That is Kessler, right? And I know he just went down and played in the G League and tore up the G League. Like, I mean, he showed that. I, I know it is what it is, right? <laughs> I shrug. Yeah, you shrug. Yeah. But okay. but he did as like a 23-year-old playing with like 40-year-olds uh, that, that are the, <laughs> that are on the that, Stockton that Kings. That is the Stockton Kings. like. <laughs> Like the average age of the Stockton Kings is like twenty nine point five, <laughs> like, wild. Um, but it sure does look like he he could fill a role. And I know it sounds crazy. I, I'm not saying start him, but what I am saying, I would like to see him as opposed to being in a group of reserves where you know there is sort of a question mark about who's going to be scoring this basket or that basket. You know, it's sort of it's not as refined as the starters. I would like to see him play with a little bit more of a starting group here and there mm. so so we could see what he looks like um, playing in a role where that might be able to hide some of his offensive uh, deficiencies but allow him to be more of a defensive guy in a way that maybe like Chris Duarte has this season. Mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't ha- – I mean – It's okay to not have yeah, faith in Kessler. I, don't, I mean, look, I on paper you're like, oh, they need length, they need athleticism. Kessler Edwards, long and athletic dude. You know, yeah. can you're, you talk about deficiencies? Like, but he's kind of got a little bit of confidence beyond the arc. You know, stretching yeah. the floor a little bit. I, I just, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith in him from the limited sample size you get. He reminds me of a player, and I think we talked about this a little bit with like, like Rashawn Holmes in recent years, where if you need him to be impactful and and be like his most impactful self in a three minute stint. Well, that's probably impossible, but once he gets out there and revs up a little bit and has the opportunity to maybe take three or four minutes to get there, then he can, he's capable of doing some good things, but it's the role he has to play on this team. If he's getting any minutes at all is to come out of the gate running. And that's, I think where the ebbs and flows for him don't, best sit, situate with this roster or at least the rotation mm-hmm. um you know garbage time he can come out and he can have some really you know nice moments and we've seen how those moments get rewarded but uh i i am intrigued when he gets out there i every time he comes out there my eyes kind of gravitate toward him because you're not used to seeing it um but I, I just i don't know that i have the faith and i i would doubt mike brown has the faith to put him in those type of rotational moments but certainly i felt he 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 was impactful last night. I felt like he used his length and helped them. You know, I don't think I don't think he was like one of those key cogs necessarily, but the stay ready mentality of this team doing your job, he gets a he gets to check that box. It it kind of speaks to the exact need that they they have. It's just you need a version and I don't even Well, like, they went small. I mean, they, look, yeah. they didn't go to JaVale McGee and Mike Brown talked no, about that. They didn't go to an Alex Len last night and they talked about that. So watching the Warriors go small and then in doing so you know, not putting them like you do X, I'll do Y, I'll do Y. No, they went X also. They wanted to go small and answer with that as well. And that's what gave them the opportunity. It was nice, but are we going to see that in the next game? If the, if their opponent tends to go big, I mean, they're going to get Dallas here coming up on Saturday. I don't know that you'll see Kessler Edwards in that game. Oh, it's you never know. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I might want to see him play against Luka Doncic. And they might want to see JaVale McGee go up against his former team. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But at the same time, like, if you let JaVale McGee play against all of his former teams, then he, he plays every night. <laughs> so, I mean, is that really fair most, to everybody? The most recent one where, hey, let's get you three <laughs> years and kick rocks after six months. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, he did not play against his former team last night. <laughs> right. You know, Alex Len did not get to play against his former team in Atlanta. Like, I, I don't buy the former team thing, sure. especially with, like, 17-year vets who have played for 14 different teams. Because then, like, really, if we're just playing that game, like, hey, it's your former team. I'm like, all right, well, I got a lot of those. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them. And I would say, again, with, with Kessler, you just need, like, unfortunately for him, I don't even know if it's a better version. It's a more comfortable, seasoned version that knows what his role is, walks in the door, steps on the court, and is ready to go. But either way... You need that, and it's just the big glaring weakness that has been this team uh, for the last four or five years where they don't have a long athletic 3-4 that can go out and defend the Brandon Ingrams or the Jonathan Kamingas of the world that all of a sudden look great because you just don't have somebody that can compete with them. Boy, Kaminga looks good right now. He's playing so much better, yeah, and and I think he's found a way to like play a little bit of his game within the confines of their team. But, like, my point with him this offseason was, like, it's great that he's averaging, like, 26 a game during the preseason or whatever. It's just not sustainable with this type of offense that they run. He has to find a way to to integrate what he does and, and how, you know, forceful and everything is he is with a free-flowing style of offense that, that the Warriors play. So I think it's good. I, I also think it's a, like, Steve Kurtz begrudgingly a great coaching job. Yeah, and I, I hate to be the thing where the butterfly just flew in front of my face, but Drew Down in our chatty house was talking about JaVale McThree. Of all the things we've seen JaVale McGee do, and I know you've got a list of them in the in your mind because you, you, you actually emote when JaVale McGee steps onto the floor, and I get the privilege of being able to see that night in and night out. Uh, him hoisting the three with probably 18 seconds on the shot clock in that, I think it was Monday's game against the Hawks, oh, God. was one of the most crazy things I've ever seen him do. You know what, though? Like, all of the <laughs> fall-down stuff and all that, I, like, I can deal with that. Like, I, I can't I can't deal with that. I got to be honest. I can't deal with it. You're on the ground all the time. You know, uh, we can't keep going on JaVale Talk. We, we got to step aside. We got to <laughs> take a, a break. We got, we, <laughs> Go towel off. I need to, yeah, I need to cool down. Damn, Sean, you Look what I did. Bring up JaVale McGee. And I'm like... <laughs> All right, you're listening to The Insiders on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We will be back for the second hour in just a couple of minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 